Hi, my name is Shelby and I'm from San Antonio, Texas. I'm a first year in college and graduated high school in the year of 2021. I chose to interview students who identified as conservative. I was hoping to understand the conservative perspective on CRT because these views seem to support the anti-CRT laws on education. I wanted to know why the conservative views supported these laws and the reasonings behind their views. I talked to university students primarily located in College Station to solve that very question. Here's what I heard. One interviewee, a Mexican-American female student, was skeptical of the interview itself. You see, we were doing this as a part of the class, and her assumption was that there would be a right and a wrong answer. She asked if I wanted her full opinion when answering the research questions, to which I said yes. She said things like, See, I don't know if you want my full answer on this, and do you want me to add to that? were interwoven in her responses. In her mind, there appeared to be a politically correct answer accepted by the majority of society and a less favored one. We've often heard allegations of students censoring themselves because of their unpopular opinions. I definitely saw that in this interview. There seemed to be a form of self-censorship created when talking about race, racial issues, and the education around race. When talking about self-censorship in class, in this case, a college lecture hall, she felt uncomfortable with the idea of stating her opinion on specific topics. She said that in her classroom atmosphere, and I quote, it was a little uncomfortable, especially considering the people in the class or my peers. And like, I see them nearly every day. It was a little uncomfortable and hard to like, chip into the discussion because it was so hostile." End quote. Although the professor in the classroom remained neutral on their politics and beliefs, it was her classmates who displayed positions that were different from hers. In a follow-up interview with the student, she stated, "...normally conservatives tend to be more agreeable than liberals, and they censor themselves more." While she admitted to censoring herself, she frames the act of self-censorship as evidence as oppression. In her eyes, self-censorship is not a squandering of freedom, but a way to avoid conflict and backlash from other students. Avoiding conflict is a theme I saw in other interviews. This interviewee and others saw that in the face of controversy, their responsibility is to preserve relationships. And in some cases, that means avoiding conflict. Is it racist to acknowledge race? In her study of racial socialization of white kids in the suburb, sociologist Margaret Herberman found that kids often thought the discussion of naming of race is racist. I saw some of this echoed in my interviews. In another interview with a white female student from College Station, she said, quote unquote, I think a lot of racial issues would be helped if people acted like they had a blindfold on. End quote. To her, acknowledging race was uncomfortable and perhaps perpetuated racism. She recalled a childhood memory. She was invited to a friend's house. She was one of the few whites in the room. Her friend is African-American. Her mother was from Nigeria. Her friend and their cousins made comments about her being white. She said, 
If I remember correctly, her cousins were around the same age as us, and they were making comments of like, "Oh, you wouldn't know this," or their mom asked if we wanted ramen, and one of them being like, "Oh, that's a poor person's meal. You're white. You wouldn't know." The student was made aware of her whiteness based on stereotypes that didn't map her self-perception. This was confusing to her because she had grown up through financially challenging times. The mention of race in this context was upsetting and confusing to her. She didn't see why race should matter if a person's poor or rich, or if they're eating ramen or not. Who cares? A Mexican American female student from College Station stated, "I'm not blind to it, but I am not seeking out race. At the same time, I think it is still important to be proud of your culture, ethnicity, and stuff." For her. Being Mexican American did not make up her complete identity. I asked her about whiteness. She said, "When I think of whiteness, I think about the times I was meant to be offended by the term. People try to insult me with terms like a whitewash." End quote. To her, actions such as not speaking fluent Spanish like her grandparents should not determine her value as a Mexican American, nor should the term whitewash. Be used as an insult. She believes that race should not be the determining factor in a person's success, or for a person's entire identity. These interviewees' belief was that racism might be solved if people judged solely on a person's actions and intentions rather than physical appearance. Both of these interviewees feel that a colorblind approach to these issues is the least racist way to deal with differences. Their version is one of a race neutrality. Actual critical race theory disputes this, as we heard from Miranda on our first episode. One of the tenets of CRT is that we need to identify and name differences and uniqueness. According to CRT scholars, the colorblind to race neutral approaches to racial difference may, in fact, perpetuate racism. By denying the lived experience of Black and Brown people, but for these two interviewees, their lived experience of naming race produced a sense of marginalization. They wanted to find some similarities in a community of people instead of focusing on the differences. This approach, in their opinion, gives them the freedom to choose how to center their own identities. The issue of naming race. In particular, whiteness in Texas public schools is at the very heart of this debate, which may be deemed as racist to some. Was not the intention of my interviewees. Since the beginning of this year, we heard more calls for parental control over the curriculum. This was an issue I discussed with my interviewees, who are young enough to remember school, but old enough to start imagining their own futures as parents. For them. Preserving certain beliefs can be done best in the household. One interviewee said, "Quote unquote, it shouldn't be a focus on the public school system to address social issues or cultural topics. To me, that's something that should come more from the home. Talking about such big issues in society, I feel, is a very personal thing that should come from the parents and family." End quote. The idea of parental control on the education system. Supports the state's narrative for curriculum censorship. For example, 
This interviewee would be in support of the book banning of Entangle Makes Three, which is a children's book about a male and male penguin couple. Schools should not influence the moral beliefs of a person. The LGBTQ community is in direct opposition of many Christian immoral beliefs and vice versa. Both of my interviewees identified as Christian and came from religious backgrounds, and they both agreed that they did not want their children to be influenced by controversial secular views. Overall, these interviewees came together on themes of self-censorship, colorblindness, and parental control. What ties these things together? I think something we can say is that these individuals are concerned about preserving relationships between people in society. A student may not share the political beliefs in a classroom environment to keep a sense of peace. Parents may censor a child's curriculum, so traditional values are not lost in the education system. The colorblind theory, which may be deemed racist to some, was not the intention of my interviewees. They wanted to find similarities in a community of people instead of focusing on the differences. The colorblind theory to them is a way to unite people from various backgrounds and communities. A person should be seen as a person without preconceived stereotypes from their race. Well, thank you so much for joining this podcast. I was so happy to share my research with you. And thank you for just listening and making it this far.